Welcome to Successful Aging, the podcast designed to introduce you to industry professionals who will share information and resources related to aging. I'm your host, Judy Porter, the Development Director from the Nashua Senior Activities Center. Let's get started. listeners to this episode of Successful Aging. Today we have Peter Burke, who is the marketing and uh, the community education manager for the inpatient senioral behavioral health unit at St. Joseph's Hospital right here in Nashua, New Hampshire. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Judy. Happy to be with you. We are very fortunate to have someone like you who can speak to behavioral health issues, which are no more prominent than they have been as a result of the pandemic. I think many of our listeners have frequently heard me talk about the law of unintended consequences. And one of the most unintended consequences of COVID isolation was cognitive issues arising in seniors due to isolation. And so we are very fortunate to have you on air today to speak about some of the resources that are available to the senior community. So Peter has an amazing background in healthcare marketing and management. Uh, He has been at it for many years and at this moment provides the marketing and outreach support for the community, for the Senior Behavioral Health Unit at St. Joe's and spearheads the initiative to bring more awareness to that uh, within the state, within mental health centers, within senior living facilities. Peter also works with the Farnham Center, which is part of Easter Seals, directing its marketing and community relations. So I think everybody could probably agree he's a pretty busy gentleman. Uh, Peter, can you talk to us a little bit about your background in community education and specifically how that uh, works with the Senior Behavioral Health Unit at St. Joe's and a little bit about its mission? Sure, yeah, I'd be happy to. And thank you again for uh, inviting me today. well, and one thing I should mention, I'm, I work only with St. Joseph and the um, Senior Behavioral Health Unit. I had been for about five years associated with the, the Farnham Center, but uh, at running their community relations and outreach, but um, moved on and I've been with uh, St. Joseph and the Senior Behavioral Health Unit for about a year and a half now. Um, so as you indicated, the Senior Behavioral Health Unit is a 24-bed inpatient unit that uh, at St. Joe's, which opened up just about a year ago at the beginning of last year. Um, in my role as community education manager, um, I do a number of things, including um, engaging with the medical community, with the public at large, of course, with um, subsets of the medical community, whether that be um, area or statewide hospitals, and their various departments, whether it's EDs or case management uh, departments uh, or special services. Um, I'm also uh, frequently in contact and engaging with 
many of the senior living facilities in the area, assisted living and nursing homes, um, to, as, as you indicated, uh, initially to uh, let those folks know that the unit had opened, that we're here to provide services, and uh, now just to kind of um, keep them up to date as, as we move forward. Um, the unit itself provides very comprehensive services, uh, behavioral health services for folks that are 65 years and older. Um, we help people with a variety of behavioral health situations that might be going on, uh, whether that be something along the lines of um, severe depression, anxiety, uh, uh, bipolar uh, conditions, uh, or some combination thereof. Um, quite often, um, not always, but certainly quite often, uh, there could be in the people we, we help and treat uh, a backdrop of dementia to one degree or another. So um, yeah, it's, uh, I think a real, it's been a real need for the services we're providing, providing and we're really happy to be doing it. So are your patients pretty much from the Southern New Hampshire area? Um, is that the, the geographic area that you focus on? And you had touched on this, uh, the ages of the patients. Is it strictly limited to people who are 60 and over? What are the, what's considered a senior? Well, for our purposes, technically it's 65 years old and over. Although honestly, if somebody is, almost 65, just, you know, shy of it by a bit, and perhaps clearly meets the clinical criteria uh, for, for admission to our unit, then, you know, we may be able to work something out. Um, we are not restricted to Southern New Hampshire, certainly a good percentage of the uh, people that come into our unit are from the Southern portion of New Hampshire. Uh, and certainly, you know, quite a few from the Nashua area and an um, area just outside Nashua, but again, not restricted to that. So we, we are seeing some people from um, virtually every corner of the state. Our, um, our largest referral source category is actually other hospitals, uh, since there are very few geriatrics, uh, psychiatric beds in the state. Um, so we're getting referrals from hospitals really near us, but then certainly up from the Upper Valley, from Portsmouth, Concord, around, around the state. The, the uh, referral source category that might uh, come next on the, on the uh, ladder would be um, the assisted living and senior uh, living facilities that you referenced. Um, quite a few of them in the Nashua area or greater Nashua but again, some from other parts of the state. We do see a few folks from over the border in Massachusetts since we're rather close, um, but you know, not nearly as many obviously as from uh, New Hampshire, particularly the Southern tier. So if someone has a family member and, and we have heard these stories um, at the senior center and dealing with the the senior community at large frequently will hear of couples. And one of the couples either has uh, advancing dementia of some type or some type of mental health unit that has caused uh, mental health issue that has caused 
uh, an alteration of their behavior and maybe they have become more aggressive or, or difficult so that the remaining spouse in the household doesn't necessarily feel safe. In that instance, how would they reach out and make an inquiry? Frequently, there is, with the older population, still a stigma to mental health. And, and overall, you know, we all continue to try and break those stigmas down. But where would someone turn? How would they make an inquiry? What, what does that path look like? Well, uh, it's a good question. Um, there are a few paths that can be followed. Um, and you, you certainly make a, a good point specifically about the stigma that still exists um, when it comes to uh, mental health issues, you know, whether among older people or even younger, younger folks. Um, I think we've all made some progress in shipping away at that stigma. But um, it's certainly, you know, there's more work to be done. But as far as the process by which somebody uh, could contact us or whether it's about a family member or, or a friend or uh, perhaps a patient, if it's a medical professional contacting us. I always um, say, well, certainly they can go on the St. Joseph website if they wanna take a look at some of the information about the senior behavioral health unit that's on the website. But we do have um, an intake phone number that I'll give you, but I often suggest that that is a good way to get the ball rolling. That, that number specifically is 884-5560, 884-5560, and that is the intake line. Now, we get calls on that line from other hospitals, from doctor's offices, but also from family members, perhaps someone who's in the type of situation you're just uh, alluding to uh, a spouse is suddenly, uh, you know, developing more severe behavioral issues. Well, we do get calls from um, family members, perhaps a husband, a wife, children, adult children, uh, basically. Um, ultimately, we'll probably end up speaking to that person's um, medical provider, whether it's a primary care doctor or Perhaps they have a, a specialized physician they work with or a psychiatrist. But basically calling that number really is the best way to kind of, as I say, get the, get the ball rolling. What, what happens when somebody calls? It's a fairly straightforward conversation. The person on the intake line will get take down the, some basic information, some basic demographic information, who that particular person is, the age, you know, what insurance might be involved. But, and then a sense of what's going on that has caused concern, that information is reviewed by our medical director and or program director. And then they, as quickly as possible, get back to the person who's made that inquiry, perhaps with some more questions, but to, to dig a little more deeply into uh, what might be going on and whether um, our unit might be appropriate for that particular person and when that, whether that person is appropriate for our unit and, and kind of go from there. So it's a, it's a pretty straightforward process, really. Um, we also have a general phone number. If someone isn't really calling about a particular intake that they wanna make, um, if they just want some general info, uh, that's 884-5550, similar to the other number. But you know, if they have a, some more general questions, 
um, and uh, want to just kind of double check on a few things. Uh, we're certainly happy to help them on that line as well. Which is wonderful. And I think our listeners can all agree that ERs are overburdened and frequently are the last resort for mental health issues. So if someone in your family is experiencing or you, you want some information, we would encourage our listeners to call those numbers to seek the resources and free up the, the time in the ER that mental health takes. Um, to have a resource such as this in the community is a huge, huge advantage uh, because people do can access this information who otherwise had no way to access it. All right. And, you know, when you think about it, too, I mean, if looking around the state, there are really very few. Um, ours is a 24 bed inpatient unit, but there are very few beds around the state of New Hampshire for geriatric um, psychiatric services inpatient. You can really count on one hand the number of hospitals that have a specific unit like that. Now, other hospitals might have a behavioral health unit, certainly, but not, um, not necessarily or not, um, you know, a, a senior unit the, the, like ours. So there's a, I'm sorry, there's a real need because mental health, uh, behavioral health uh, situations or conditions or uh, problems are so common, really. Uh, I think I've seen some estimates that place the figure that about 20% of seniors might have one uh, behavioral health issues to one degree or another. So it's uh, certainly commonplace and uh, there's a need need for the services to be there. Absolutely. And with the silver tsunami and the graying of America, there are many, many more people in our community who are seniors. I believe the last time I looked, 18% of the population in Nashua itself was classified as a senior. That is a large number of people who could potentially need this resource. And there is no shame in it. There are so many neurocognitive diseases out there that like dementia, like Alzheimer's, and dementia itself is a very broad category that can cause significant changes in personality, in, in ability to cope with the world around you. And you need resources such as this to help you understand that these are medical issues and destigmatize this. Get the help that you need. Get the help your family member needs. Maybe you have a friend that you're seeing uh, changes in and you want to call the information line and just find out a little bit of information mm -hmm. to, to validate or some more resources that you can pass on to someone that you know. Right. You know, you hit on something very important at the beginning of the conversation, I think, Judy, and that is um, the effect of the pandemic uh, on this on this arena, if you will. Um, it's difficult enough as people age normally without without something like a COVID backdrop. Um, you know, it's been very challenging the last couple of years for for seniors. 
who might, as I say, have difficult issues to begin with, but the pandemic and the isolation and the stress has just sort of exacerbated so many of the problems that might normally exist to begin with uh, as part of the aging process. So it's, it's really heightened the need for these services, I think. It has. Anytime you introduce fear and isolation, those are two things that are not really a good combo. And then you don't have people from the outside, outside pairs of eyes realizing what's going on. What are these differences? What are these behavioral changes? Those additional pairs of eyes, be they family members and friends, are key. Because sometimes within relationships, within the same household, you are within the situation. You're not looking at it from the outside. You may not realize completely just how bad things are, how badly the other person needs help. And frequently you see this uh, with seniors that are a married couple where one person will compensate for the other. And it has become a habit over a number of years and has gotten to the point where they just automatically do it and they don't even realize just how much they are doing now at this point. Right. So, you know, we continue to encourage people to seek out the resources to help them age more successfully, to lead the best life they possibly can lead. What's the, and I've been meaning to ask you this throughout, because I know that many seniors would probably be very concerned to know, what's the average length of stay for people in the unit? Uh, the average length of stay is approximately 12 days or thereabouts. Um, obviously, we have had people stay with us certainly longer than that, but as an average, about 12 days. Um, in some situations, uh, patients might come into our unit and uh, benefit from some tweaking of the medications they've been on, perhaps weaning them a little bit off of something or our medical director, uh, Dr. Marshall, is, seems to have a very keen eye for um, what is needed in, in those situations. Uh, so sometimes you can get somebody back on an even keel and it doesn't necessarily have to be a very lengthy um, period of time that they're with us. But, you know, of course, at the same time, there are some uh, more serious situations or situations that are farther along that might, uh, might involve more time. Um, it's uh, being a, a new unit the way we are, only about a year old, it's very, the surroundings are very pleasant. It's a new, in a sense, a new floor. It's four north uh, at St. Joseph. And, uh, it was things were ramped up rather quickly. It's interesting. They were, had the plan for the floor, which had at one time been a med surge uh, unit. Um, the plan had been to possibly make it a COVID overflow floor back when things were really heating up with COVID. Um, as it turned out, the things along that line didn't materialize, at least to the extent that was anticipated in the hospital where we had to make that floor or dedicate that floor to a COVID overflow. So the hospital to its credit was able to pivot rather quickly knowing that there's a real need for uh, senior behavioral health services and make the decision to, um, to build and open a unit. So they really 
in a sense, took everything that was there down to the studs and built, um, in essence, a, a brand new floor. So it's the surroundings are very pleasant, new, and what's important too, being as modern and new as it is, it's um, pretty much state of the art when it comes to safety devices and things of that sort, which is so important. Yes, those are key. And so hopefully our listeners are getting a very good feel for uh, open, airy. It's, it's a great place to seek service. And we would really like to commend St. Joe's. Um, and I approached this from working in the senior arena for really developing this senior behavioral health unit uh, it really is a necessary part of this community. It's a necessary part of all communities in my estimation. Mental health is health. And, you know, thank you on behalf of the seniors in the community because what a tremendous resource. Yeah, well, we're, we're pleased to be able to provide those services. And I should say, we're also pleased, I'll, I'll speak for the hospital in general here in, in terms of collaborating with the Nashua Senior Center, you guys do some fabulous work. So we're um, very happy to collaborate with uh, community partners such as the, uh, the Senior Center. You do some terrific, uh, terrific things there. So Peter, once again, if someone wants to make an inquiry, uh, what is that phone number and what is the information phone number? The, um, the intake number is 8603, of course, for the area code, it's 884-5560. And the general, somewhat more general information number is 884-5550 for any, you know, sometimes people will call and check and ask what insurances we might participate in or things along that line, which I should mention, we, we participate in Medicare, and a whole host of other insurances, almost virtually any insurance you could possibly think of, basically. Which, you know, unfortunately, that is always a concern in the back of people's minds because it needs to be. Uh, so thank you for mentioning that. And thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of Successful Aging. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to entice Peter to come back on air and chat a little bit more at a point in the future about senior behavioral health. And we hope that you as the listener have gained some understanding and some resources. So thank you so much, Peter. Well, you're welcome. And thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Successful Aging. Till next time, I'm Judy Porter saying, you may have to age, but you don't have to grow old.